Thank you for tuning in to the Emerge Church Tallahassee podcast. We exist to help people follow Jesus so they can live out God's plans for their lives. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the message from Sunday. We have a special, special Sunday service today. Um, How many of you know that our pastors are a gift? They are truly a gift. They are so good. Yeah, you can clap for them. Matter of fact, you can turn around to that camera right now and wave at them and tell them we love you because they're watching. They're watching online right now. You know, uh, Pastor Wade and Pastor Cynthia, I love getting to see the things that they do and who they are off of this platform. They wear so many hats. There is husband and wife hat. There is pastor hat. There is e-group leader hat, development hat, worship band. There, there's father and, and mother hat. They, they wear so many hats. They do so many things. And God uses them in a mighty way to bless us. Amen. They're in Atlanta right now uh, with their daughter, Ella Pearl, who's having a fantastic dance competition. We wish you guys all the best up there. We love you. We're going to keep it going down here. Uh, while you guys are enjoying that. And so it is a great privilege. If you've ever had an opportunity to have a conversation, let alone sit under the word that we're about to receive today, I want to tell you that you can be expectant. I hope that you brought a phone or a notepad or something to take notes because I can assure you that God's word is coming to you this morning. So y'all put your hands together and give a big Emerge Church family welcome to Pastor Andre. Come on. Come on, put your hands together. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, come on, give him one more. We're going to be blessed. We, I know we are. Thank you. Love you too, man. Have a great time. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Good morning. Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them they look better today than they did last night. I'm not going to ask how you saw them last night, but that's a, it's good to be here. Amen. I'd like to say just um, we're grateful for the opportunity to stand before you today. Thank God for pastors Wade and Cynthia. Thank God for the family, for Elijah, for Judah and Ella Pearl. And uh, we salute Pastor Wade and Pastor Cynthia. I thank them for the opportunity to share the word. I don't take this lightly and I just honor them for all they are to this body. Come on, somebody give them a big hand. Come on. Thank God for their late. Come on, put your hands together. I thank God for their labor in this vineyard for doing the work that God has called them to do. And um, we appreciate them with all of our hearts. You glad you came to church this morning? I'm glad you didn't let a little rain stop you. I want to just say um, I thank God for my wife, Mona. Same one I had this time when I was up last time. (laughs) And uh, June uh, this year, we'll be married 35 years. So it's been a wonderful ride, and we're just going to keep this thing going. So I salute her, and I honor you. Thank you for being here with me, sweetheart. All right, let's uh, open our Bibles, if you would, to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Joshua, the first chapter. And um, I want to just, I don't have this in my notes, but I just want to have you just a jotty verse down, if you would. I've been in church in services where um, Pastor Wade is talking about X and God is talking to me about Y or Z in the process of hearing X. You know, and when our hearts are submitted to the word and we're coming not to hear from a person, but to hear from God, 
whoever God has in the pulpit, um, then God will see to it that whatever needs you have, he will speak to your heart by the Spirit of God. Anybody glad that we are people that we are word-driven, not people-driven? And I just thank God for your pastors, um, um, you know, having enough confidence in me to put me up. Because anytime your pastors put anybody up, as a pastor, I used to be a pastor myself, I know that's no small task to have anyone in your pulpit. Because no matter how, no matter what I say today, if, if, and it will be according to Scripture, but if it were off a million miles, somebody is going to leave here and believe it. So there, there's a great level of responsibility, uh, accountability, and weight that comes when you stand and you say anything from this pulpit. So I just thank God for Pastors Wade and Pastor Cynthia because they always leave you the word. They always give you the word, give us the word so we can grow thereby. In Acts uh, 17, 11, and 12, just write that verse down. It talks about the Berean Christians, and it talked about how they were more noble than those in Thessalonica and how these Berean Christians, how they received the word of God with ready minds. Then they searched the scriptures daily um, so they could prove what they heard. And then they believe that part that they held on to. So, you know, whenever we come, uh, we receive the word. It, we, we should come with an open heart to receive what God has to say to us. But then follow along and make sure that what we're saying is so from Scripture. Because um, it's one thing if I'm selling you a car, we're selling you cars. If you buy a car and it doesn't work, then you get another one. But when life hangs in the balance, you've got to make sure that what you're hearing is truth. So that's why it's always good for us to see it for ourselves. And you got these verses and verses on your phone, verses in your Bible, so you can make sure that what Andre is telling you is true. Amen. Amen. In, um, in Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 1, when you got it, say, I got it. Got it. I don't got it yet. Let me. <laughs> Just, you're getting it. Joshua 1 and verse 9. And notice if you would, uh, the scripture says, reads this way. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, rather. It says, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness of this, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong. Somebody say, be strong. And of a good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong. And everyone say, be strong. be strong. And very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand, nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Look at the next verse. This book of the law shall not depart from out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God will, is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Somebody shout praise the Lord. Praise well, understand this. This is what is referred to many times in Scripture 
as um, the Exodus, or it summarizes the promised land that God was taking his people Israel into. Now, history tells us that there was a, between 700,000 and maybe 2 million Jews that were led out of Egyptian bondage by the man Moses initially. And um, God is telling them there's a land called Canaan that is your land. And he begins to describe the borders of that land. It wasn't just a land that's just anywhere, but it was a land that has specific parameters and borders. You know, there was an old song years ago. And um, some of you may have heard this song before. It says, I'm on Jordan's stormy banks I stand and cast a wistful eye to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I'm bound for the promised land. I'm bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I'm bound for the promised land. It was an old hymn. Anybody ever heard that before? Thank you for six of you. Well, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was an idea that there's a promised land, Canaan, where the possessions lie. And this person, as they penned this, this hymn, said, you know, I'm, I'm looking over into to that land of promise or that promised land. That's where all my possessions lie. And I want to say to you today that um, for us as believers, really, we are not in a promised land as much as God has ordained a dimension called a promised life for us. See, it's not a land. It's not a geographical area, because if you want to go and you want to see it as a promised land, you've got to get to Canaan. You've got to get, hop you a trip, an international trip, and go over to Israel. But understand this, for you and I as believers, God doesn't necessarily have a promised land for you, but God does have a promised life. What do you mean, Andre, a promised life? Every aspect of your living and your life, God has a promise attached to it that he has ordained for you to walk in. So as a husband or a wife, as a, as a father or a, 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 a mother, as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as a teacher, as a bus driver, whatever your, your call of vocation is, there is a promised living that God has attached to your life, and God expects for you and I to walk in and live that promised life. Everybody say promised life. Promise See, God began to tell Joshua where the borders of this promised land was. was. But you know, for, for us, it's not a geographical area because no matter where you go, no matter where God has assigned you, I'll, now let me qualify that, not no matter where you go, wherever God, has quali wherever God has called you to be, that's a better way to say it, is your, is your promised area. See, God wants you and I to flourish in the place he's planted us. Psalm 92 says that they that be planted in the house of, uh, of our God, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They'll still be fat. I don't, I don't receive that part, but they'll still be fat in old age. <laughs> we'll still be producing in old age. And when we find the place where God has ordained for us to be and we start blooming where we're planting, that is the promised life for you and I. So no matter where you are, God could tell you to leave Tallahassee and go to Kathmandu, wherever that is. Wherever you go, as long as you're following his direction for your life, when you get there, you can expect to live the promised life. See, it's not a place. You don't need another wife or another husband. You don't necessarily need another job. This side. You don't necessarily need another job. Many times we are looking for things as though that is the cure-all and the fix-all. But really, we should not be even doing something and then asking God to bless it, but find out what is God blessing and then do that. So, God, I don't want to just willy-nilly just start doing something and then say, God, bless this. No, I want to find out what are you blessing? 
Take enough time to find out what relationship has he blessed? What venture has he blessed? In other words, where has God placed his name with your name on, attached to it? And then find that thing and do that thing. That's where you're going to be the most fruitful. You know, um, the scripture says about Joseph that Joseph was sold in. You remember the story of Joseph and his brothers in Genesis 39, I believe it is, 37. And Joseph, Joseph was sold by his brothers into slavery. They threw, him in, they threw him in a pit. Then he went from the pit into slavery, ended up in the prison, went from the prison into the palace, and went from the palace to being prime minister in Egypt. And the Bible says about Joseph that Potiphar, his, his, his boss, as it were, that he put Joseph in a position where Joseph had rule and influence that he shouldn't have had coming from the pit and the prison. Yeah. But the Bible says God was with Joseph, and God made what Joseph put his hands to to prosper. Yeah. See, all you got to do is have God be with you. Yeah. And that's one of the names of Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. You know, we came out of Christmas season, what the world calls Christmas season. It's all the time for us. Hey. And one of the names that he was heralded, Jesus Christ was heralded as, is Emmanuel, God with us. And I'm telling you right now, when God is with you, you are in your promised life. Tell your neighbor, there's a promised life with your name on it. I'm sorry, tell your neighbor, there's a promised life. Come on, tell you, they got a mint. You want to, they, they're mints when you walk in. Come on, either give them a mint or tell them this, okay? <laughs> tell your neighbor, there's a promised life. With your name attached to it. Now, you know, I went back and I looked at the video of the 10-year anniversary of Emerge Church. Wow. 10 years, 12 years ago today, you guys had your first service. I wasn't here. I was pastoring a church here in this city. But, man, 12 years. Look how far the Lord has brought Emerge Church in 12 years. Come on. And if you, if, if you look at the website, there's things posted about what's coming up here, some celebrations, and we're excited about it. My family, we're excited about it because just to see what God has done in a short amount of time. Well, I looked at the video, and um, on that video, Pastor Scott Bledsoe, who planted uh, this church um, from Louisiana there, he said, my prayer for Emerge Church is for God to fulfill the vision that he has placed in Pastor Wade's heart, that God would bring resources the leaders, people, the expertise that is needed to fulfill the vision that is in the heart of the leader. Isn't that something? As Solomon built everything that God placed in his heart to do. Isn't that good? Well, Pastor Wade chimed in. He said the last 10 years have been incredible. But as we look forward to the next 10 years, I love that, I can't help but be excited knowing that there are still great things ahead for us. If that don't light your fire, you got wet wood. Come on. There are still great challenges, but we will see people rise up, God move, lives changed, and revival like we've never seen it before. Come on, somebody shout amen. Come on, somebody shout, that's me. Man. Then Pastor Cynthia chimed in. She said, like we've been taught and like we've always said, the best is yet to come. Now, I started to wear this. I got a T-shirt, uh, uh, an Emerge shirt that says the best is yet to come on the back. I started to wear it, but it was a little snug. Those doggone dryers. But it was a new shirt, so I can't really say that. <laughs> Never been worn. <laughs> 
But understand there is a life and there is a promise that God has attached to this ministry. And we are honored. We should be honored that God has called us alongside to help hold up the arms of our leaders so that we can see what God has ordained for this church come to pass. I'm excited about that. Come on, anybody believe the best is yet to come for Emerge? Come on, shout aloud if you believe that. Look at Psalm 133. Psalm 133 says, well, let me, let me back up. I got ahead of myself. Look at Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4, real quick. Exodus 4. Now, if you say amen, I'll be real short. And I won't be long before you because blessed are the short-winded because they'll be invited to speak again. Amen. <laughs> Exodus chapter 4 and verse number 10. Exodus 4 and 10 says, And Moses said unto the Lord, O Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore nor since that thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. The Lord said unto him, Who has made man's mouth, or who maketh the dumb, or deaf, or the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth, and teach you what you shall say. And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well, and also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And, you shall, and thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth, and with his mouth, and will teach you what you shall do. And he shall be your spokesman unto the people, and he shall be even, he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. Well, here's the backdrop for this. In Exodus chapter 3, we see that Moses, um, God came down to the man Moses. God said, I've, I've heard the affliction of my people. I've seen their cry, and I'm come down. Well, he said, I've come down, but he called a man Moses. And I found out when God wants to come down to Tallahassee, one of the ways he came down to Tallahassee, he heard the cries of the people. He saw the affliction of the enemy on the people's lives. Thank God he called Pastor Wade and Pastor Cynthia. See, when God comes down to an area, he comes down through people. See, God has come down to your job, and as much as you may hate your job, I'm not saying you do, but if you despise your job, learn to pray for your job and pray for the people in your job. Because I find with God, God many times won't even release you from a job until you have the right attitude about the people that Christ died for on that job that he placed you there to influence. So many times we are in a position that God has strategically placed us. But we want to get a release from that place, not realizing that God put you there, not only to get a paycheck, but he's got people whose lives have been paid for that he wants you to impact. So God heard the cry in Tallahassee. And this is not the only church that's great, but there are many churches. But thank God for this church. And God came down like he did with Moses. So Moses began to make excuse why he could not obey God. And then we see this in chapter 4, how God says, okay, since you're telling me that you're wiser than me, Moses, and you can't do what I've called you to do, I'm going to give you somebody that has what you said you don't have. Now, he, now you know, he, Moses said, I'm not eloquent, nor heretofore. Man, that's eloquence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the last time you used the word heretofore? <laughs> yeah. Moses goes through this long outline drawn out reason why he could not obey God but God never changed his mind God says okay what you say you don't have I've got somebody that's got what you say you don't have and you've got what they don't have I'm going to bring the two of you together and when he sees you with your need 
he's going to be glad that he saw you. See, there's something that every one of us here have that this church doesn't have without us. There's something this church has that every one of us don't have without the church. So what does God do? God calls us to a place. See, church membership is not like gym membership. You know, we joined gym. Well, praise the Lord. We've joined gyms before. And uh, we've been talking for weeks about it. Yeah, we're going to get back into the gym. Pay them folks and don't end up. Sh- don't, don't laugh at me. Look at yourself. Look, look down at your belt. Hallelujah. But, you know, church membership is not like gym membership. Gym membership, you don't like it. You just don't go. Church membership is supernatural. Really, it's partnership. It's when we bring what God has placed in us to the place that God has planted us so that that place can have what we have and we can have what that place has, but neither one of us can do what God has called us to do without one another. See, when God plants us into a house, it's not just because the pastor's cool. Isn't Pastor Wade cool? He's cool. He's cool. He's cool. But God didn't put us in places for popularity. He puts us there for purpose. And see, there's something that God has for you in this house that you can't get without this house. But there's something that God has for this house that the house can't get without you. So we, when we see that, then we approach church attendance totally different. Because God told Moses, hey, man, everything you say you don't have, I'm going to give you an errand. And Aaron is going to be a mouth for you. You said you can't talk. He can talk. But, he, but he's not been with me to, to see the vision. So you're going to be a vision for him. He's going to be a mouthpiece for you. He's going to be your spokesperson. And together there was the law of mutual benefit, I call it, where both of them were blessed because they partnered together. Anybody glad that God has sent you this church so that you can bring something? Come on. You can bring something for this. What, what Pastor Wade said in, in, in 20, what was that, 22 years ago. I didn't major in math. Thanks, Michael. Two years ago, he said 2010. No. <laughs> 2010, two years ago was when the, when the, when the, when the recording was. So what, what God said to him then about the best is yet to come, I believe that. Somebody shout, that's for me. So it's going to be exciting. Now look at uh, 2 Kings chapter 2. I'm going real fast. 2 Kings chapter 2. We see this same dynamic with Elijah and Elisha where the, there was this promised life that God had for Elisha, but it was connected to him being in the place that he's supposed to be with Elijah. Now, let me give it to you. I want to summarize this so you can see here. And let's go and look there. Exodus chapter, um, I'm sorry, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1. When you're there, say I'm there. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 says, excuse me, verse 1 says, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that, Eli, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Don't get confused. Now, the Jud and the Shuz. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The sons of the prophets that were at Bethel uh, came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? He said, Yea, I know it. Hold your peace. In other words, shut up. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave you. 
So they came to Jericho, and the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. Shut up. And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee, here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to, to view afar off, and they stood, and, the, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that the two went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were come over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken, taken from thee, it shall be unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. It came to pass as they went on and talked that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more, and he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. That's a sign of remorse. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smoken, smoten the waters, smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. In short, here's what happened. <laughs> As I take a breath, here's what happened. Elisha was the servant to Elijah. Elisha served him, and on, I believe it's four occasions, Elijah tried to shake him. He said, stay here. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. But look what the heart of Elisha was. He says, as the Lord liveth, I'm not going nowhere. Wherever you go, I'm going with you. Would to God that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today had more church members that just wouldn't be shaken by what relatives say. I thank you in a cult. You can't spell cult, horse. Horse, you can't. If I gave you three letters, you can't even spell cult. Here you go. I give you the C, the L, and the T. What you going to say? <laughs> Anybody ever had, had anyone tell you, you know, you go in the, they've never been to church and going to tell you about your church. You don't even go. You're not qualified to tell me about where I go. Yeah. Yeah. You mean you're not vegan, but you're going to tell me the best vegan diets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Elisha said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to serve you. Amen. The scripture says that Elijah said, you know what? Before I'm taken away, tell me, what is it you want me to do for you? He says, I want a double portion of your anointing. Amen. Elijah told him, said, it's very simple. Here it goes. If you see me when I go, you get it. If you don't, you won't. What does that mean? You're going to have to stay close to me. You're going to have to be very close to me and not allow offense, discouragement, impatience, a lack of understanding to get you moved from where God has planted you. See, the closer you get to a pastor, I was a pastor for years. I got in ministry in 1985. In this city, we came here in 2007. And I just noticed a dynamic in churches that people can love you from afar, but the closer they get, they start seeing things about you that they don't understand. And pastors aren't perfect. We're not perfect. But understand this. I may not be perfect as her husband, but I'm her perfect husband. 
I'm not a perfect guy, but I'm the perfect one for her. Did you say amen? Okay. See, my wife, when, when we were dating, there's, a, there's a, um, a historically black college and university called Morehouse College. And we were dating, and she was telling me about this guy that went to Morehouse. And he goes to Morehouse, and I don't care about that. He go to Morehouse, I come to your house. <laughs> I could care less about Morehouse. I'm at your house. I don't see him, and I better not see him. But, you know, the closer you get to people, your leaders, you're going to start seeing things that you may not understand or appreciate. Doesn't mean they're living in sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm just, they're, just, they're just certain nuances that you don't understand many times. But you can't allow that to move you off the place that God has planted you. Because God has called you to a church not because it's a popular place to be, but God wants to get something in you and I. John 10 and 10, Jesus said this. He says, that, he says, the thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have, the Amplified Classic says it this way, I've come that they may have and enjoy life and have it to the full in abundance until it overflows. And see, if the enemy can get you off of the place that God has planted you, because see, there's, there's work to do. It's not just coming here to, to be, have our names on a roll, but man, there's stuff to roll our sleeves up and do. There are people that should not be able to go to hell from this zip code. See, if you want to go to hell, you can go, but you can't go from this church. You want to go to hell, you should have come a different time, a different location, but you can't go to hell from my job. You can't go to hell from my neighbor. Because that's why we've come into the kingdom, because God wants to use our lives to bless somebody else's life. And I'm telling you right now, you and I are going to have to be like Elisha was with Elijah. I'm not going anywhere other than where God has told me to go. I'm going to stay here. And, you know, history tells us that Elisha did twice the miracles that Elijah did. Now, Elijah had it cooking on all cylinders. He was cooking. He was cooking with grease, with a green egg. Come on. But understand this, <laughs> but understand this, Elisha had it turned up a notch. He got the double portion. I believe there are some things that, 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 that are happening in our lives as we show up on a Sunday. Man, we were here for the prayer night just a, just a little while ago. Tremendous time of prayer. Fight club, I'm going to be here. Come on, ladies night, whatever, what y'all call the ladies? Come on, sisterhood, come on, sisterhood. Come on, my wife's going to be here. We are here for the long haul because we believe that God has brought us here for such a time as this because there is a promised life that God wants us to live. And you can't get there without you being in the place that God wants you to be. Come on. Are y'all with me today? You know, there's this there's this thing going on now with the world. And it, I've noticed it right around COVID. You probably did as well. Right around the time of the pandemic where people got funky attitudes about church. I don't go to church. I, I don't believe organized church is for me. But you believe that organized employment is for you. <laughs> Explain that one to me. And, you know, I, I, was, I was doing something this week preparing for, for service. And I believe the Lord gave me this analogy. I never thought of it before. I believe it was him. I don't believe it was the devil. Um, you know, when you think about people that say, well, I don't go to church. That church thing ain't for me. Anybody know anybody that just kind of is off with church? It'd be kind of akin to an NCAA football team. I think on, an, on the on a roster of the average NCAA team, about 103 to 118 or so people on roster. Um, think about everybody on that team wanting a championship, 
But everybody practices at home. They do their workouts at home. They study film at home. Come on, they do everything conditioning at home. Then they show up on a Saturday, an hour before time for the game, suit up and go out and play because after all, I prepared by myself. It's just some film study you don't get. Some routes, the nuances of the routes, you don't learn to run them by yourself. You only learn it when you're in the company of other people. And that's a natural example. That's not a devil. That's not, that's not Lucifer. That's not Satan trying. <laughs> that's a Marvel comic. You have, to, you have to have seen that one. But that's not Satan trying to oppose you from getting all that God has for you. That, that's just a natural example. Much more on the spiritual side. Everything that God has for us, we're going to have to find our way in the company of other believers to do life together so we can be fed the word together. And we can grow together and go out and win together. Come on. And the church said amen. Well, in Mark chapter 3, don't go there. But Peter, James, and John and the other disciples, they did life together. The Bible says that Jesus called them so they could be with him. Mark three fourteen. He called them to be with him. And then he sent them forth to preach and to heal the sick. The first call that he had for them so they can live this Life, the promised life that he promised for them was to spend time and be with him. He called them to be with him. He called them so they could have life model, ministry model before them. Now, let's look at Acts chapter 16 real quick. We're wrapping up. I want to show you just how the Lord gives a vision to a church. Acts 16 and verse 9. Acts chapter 16 and verse 9. And real quick, Acts 16, verse 9. You know, um, it says, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he, now, okay, okay, look at this now. Verse 10, And after he had seen the vision, who is he? Come on, talk to me. Who is he? Go back to verse 9. So verse 9 says, wow. Did something say that backsliding just a minute ago? <laughs> Was that my eye? Did I see a verse that said backsliding? I saw that too. Well, I'm glad it wasn't talking about me. Praise the Lord. <laughs> verse 9 says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man in Macedonia and prayed him. Who is him? Paul. One man, Paul, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. Verse 10. And after he, who is he? After Paul had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored. Wait. Paul saw the vision, but we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Wait a minute. Paul saw the vision, but the people that God had placed in Paul's life to serve the vision, they grabbed a hold of the vision just like God had talked to them. So God doesn't have to tell me what he's told my pastor. Just tell him. And I'm going to do like Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, follow me as I follow Christ. As long as Pastor Wade and Pastor Cynthia and the staff are following Christ, I'm following them. I don't need to know all the ins and outs. I don't need to, I don't need, there, there, needs, there need to be a vote. I don't need to vote about it. I just need to know where did God call you to go? 
And like Pastor Cynthia said, the best is yet to come. I believe that as we follow, as we grab a hold of the vision and we run with the vision, man, the best is yet to come. You know, many churches can't do that because they're deacon, I mean, deacon, deacon possessed churches. You know, there are churches that everything's got to be voted on. Now, I'm, I'm telling you what I know after been in ministry for years. Everything's got to be voted on. We don't all agree. Well, praise the Lord. Paul saw the vision, but we saw it as well. And we didn't need to know all the ins and outs. All I need to know is, did you hear from God? Is what you said consistent with what's in the book? If it is, that's all I need to know. We're going to go. Let's roll. Come on, somebody shout aloud. That's me. Hallelujah. See, what is the purpose for giving us pastors and spiritual leadership? You want to know that? Jeremiah 3, verses 14 and 15. God says, I'm going to give you pastors after my own heart. They're going to feed you with knowledge and understanding. Come on. Chapter 23 of Jeremiah, verses 1 through 4. God talks about when you are multiplied and increased in the land because of these pastors they're going to feed you and you're going to fear no more you're not going to be dismayed or anxious or stressed out or lacking anymore but i'm going to give you pastors after my own heart and those pastors are going to lead you and feed you everybody say lead and feed that's what our pastors are here for man i've been around church all my life i grew up in church my my mom was carrying me in, in the womb in church and I'll be 45 here in a few weeks I'll be married almost 45 years but I've been but I've been I've been in I've been in, in, in Christian circles many years but I know that when God places you in a church when God gives you a pastor he does it because he knows there's something about your life that needs to be enriched there is a promised life that he's trying to get you to he wants you, look at this. He wants you to fear no more. Come on. He wants you to neither be dismayed or lacking anymore. He wants your pastors to feed you with knowledge and understanding. We need to thank God for who God has placed us. Not only the pastors, but those he's placed his hands on, the, the leadership, the staff. They placed their hands on them. And like Moses, they've taken some of the honor that's on them and placed them on their staff. Because there's a work to do. And there's a way to walk. I'm going to end with this. Exodus 18. Verses 13 through 26. Read in your own time. God told Moses. He said, hey. Through his father-in-law Jethro. Somebody say thank God for in-laws. Moses, father-in-law Jethro. Observed Moses sitting. And the people brought all the causes. Now 700,000. History says between 700,000. 2 million Israelites. That needed guidance. Moses is the man. But these people all day long are coming and bringing causes in. His father-in-law said, hey, what you're doing is not good. You're going to wear away. It's not good for you or the people. He says, now, what you need to do is you need to find people, make them rulers, get leaders, and make them rulers of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Let them handle the small matters. But the big matters, let them bring those big matters to you. But he says, when you look out and find these men, these leaders, when I say men, don't get tripped, don't trip over that. These men and women, notice this. The qualifications were, go read on your own time. They need to be able men and women. Men and women that feared God. Men and women of truth. And men and women that hate covetousness. 
And now when you get those four qualities, now make them rulers and then let them carry the same heart that you have and give it to those leaders so you can see the best that is yet to come. There is a promised life that God is leading us to. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. I believe there's, a, I believe there's territory that we're to take over. There's lands that we're to take over. There are people that have yet to hear the name of Jesus in this city. That God has brought you into this place, into this church, for such a time as this. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you that we are the people that you placed. You brought us here for such a time as this. I thank you that by your wisdom that you planted this church, emerged church, so that we can run with the vision you placed Pastor Wade and Pastor Cynthia and the staff as they lead us we follow them as we're following you as they follow you we follow the leading we thank you that there's a promised life our children are be blessed our children are blessed what we put our hands to is blessed because we find ourselves in the place blooming where you've planted us we give you thanksgiving that the best is yet to come Thank you for these next days and weeks and months and years. Be filled with your presence, filled with your power. We give you praise and glory and honor for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. How about one more time? Y'all give it up for Pastor Andre Cooper. We're so glad that you joined us for this message. If you would like to give to help us continue to reach more people, you can go to our website merchchurch.com and click on give. We hope to see you at church this Sunday.